0: As they return to Capitol Hill this week, members of Congress have little time to rest, even after having gotten the budget for 2020 completed and the House wrapping up its impeachment gambit. You might say the fun is just beginning. We get more now from Bloomberg Government Editorial Director Lauren Duggan. And Lauren, a couple of briefings on Friday didn't shed too much light, but as they return, what are the big issues for Congress?
1: Well, you touched on some of them in your introduction. Obviously, impeachment is something that carried over from last year into this year, and we start this week without much clarity about how it's going to unfold. Um, There was the vote in the House to impeach the president on two separate counts, but those documents still remain with the House. They have yet to name managers who would act more or less as the prosecution in a trial. And once they're named, presumably they take those documents over to the Senate and things would kick off over there. But we're pretty much still status quo with those documents waiting with the House, no managers and no agreement yet among Senate leaders on how such a trial is going to be carried out. So pending that, both chambers are going to begin their legislations Legislative business for the year, touching on some issues they didn't resolve last year, and of course, looking ahead to all that they need to do between now and and the end of the year um, with a lot of election time filling um, in there as well.
0: And it's impossible to know how long the trial will take or how many members, I guess all of the Senate, but how many House members it will occupy. But we do know that Nancy Pelosi, the House Speaker, has invited the President to give the State of the Union address. So I wonder what they would feel like with the president still in the midst of all of this going on, this trial, and he's giving the State of the Union, it would be, I guess, a little, I think that would be unprecedented.
1: It might be. I'm I'm not quite sure on what the timing was when um, the bill clinton impeachment trial happened and when he came to give his state of the union for that year but you could have that kind of interesting dynamic at play given that we don't know when exactly the trial will start or how long it will run where those two things could be overlapping where president trump could come up and be giving a speech to you know both his prosecutors and his jurors in a in a sense here uh, because they'll all be in the chamber listening to him give this speech outlining his priorities for the year and touching on what some of his budget principles are going to be as they begin to weigh the fiscal twenty. 2021 bills. But um, yeah, it might be a very interesting scene on February 4th, which is one of the early days we do have circled on our calendar, given that we don't really know yet how all of January is going to play out in the Senate side. We have a feel for the House schedule, but the Senate has yet to announce its real January schedule because they are still trying to figure out what's happening with the trial.
0: And before we get to some of those details, the few that we do know, as the week ended last week, everyone thought, well, is there going to be some sort of a Expanding conflict or war with Iran because of the shooting of the uh, Quds general. Where does that stand now on Capitol Hill as the week opens?
1: Well, that will definitely be top of mind. Um, And Friday, when he gave some brief floor remarks, uh, Mitch McConnell said that there would be a briefing this week for senators. I assume there'll be one as well for House members where they will get more details from the administration about how this attack came about and maybe what some of their plans are going forward. But there will be reaction to this. Um, One of the questions that's going to come up is what was the authorization used now a lot of people will point to authorizations from 2001 and around the Iraq war giving some sort of legal legal justification for um, what the the attack that was carried out but there will be questions about what's going to happen going forward if the conflict expands if things are going to be carried out in Iran itself there will be members um, in both parties that will raise some questions and want to have a debate about this but leaders will also try to you know get some questions answered first about how this was carried out and, and what the longer-term strategy is. But this may be, as the conflict expands, if it does expand, um, a debate that will happen on the House and Senate floors about um, what this this means for our overall foreign policy and in the region and our, you know, our continuing presence in Iraq. So this is just beginning. When members get back into town, I would expect there to be a lot more discussion about this.
0: Yeah, I guess the sense was that the gladness that this particular person was dead was bipartisan. But the way it came about, that's where the debates are going to center.
1: Right. I mean, I think nobody is upset that this man is no longer able to do what he has done for years in the region. Um, He killed a number of troops or led to the killing of a number of troops through his proxy forces throughout the region. So that seemed to be set aside. But the questions that were beginning to be had was, you know, where did this start? How did it come from? And where is it going, basically?
0: We're speaking with Lauren Duggan, Editorial Director of Bloomberg Government, and you spoke a minute ago about the appropriations bills. Do those get drafted or is there some sketch of them ahead of the president's budget request, which is nominally due in the first week of February, or do they wait until that comes out before the bills start getting drafted?
1: We usually treat the President's budget request as the kickoff to this, um, depending on how early it comes. As you mentioned, it should be coming um, right before the State of the Union address and right after the Super Bowl, kind of sandwiched between the two. But there is undoubtedly some thinking going on already with the spending caps deal that gave um, some guidance to the 2020 process that just wrapped up and the fiscal 2021 process that really is just beginning, at least in this stage. Um, there are some thoughts about how much money they will spend and some talk already, I'm sure, about how they want to allocate that but I'm sure appropriators took a well-earned break over the holiday recess here to kind of you know recharge their batteries but those discussions will start again and the same fights will begin brewing about how to allocate it between the twelve bills and border wall funding will of course um, will dominate the discussion again how much the president asks for and what um, Congress is going to be willing to give so you know that that work is Probably some cocktail napkin sketching will start soon, but um, it will kick off more in earnest later this um, winter and spring.
0: And I think we can probably look to pretty much flat discretionary budgets because that's what the deal sort of called for.
1: There will be some small increases from what was available in fiscal 2020, but for the most part, it's kind of a level, just general step up. So there won't be a huge surge of money to have to deal with allocating across the government, but at least a little bit to, to tinker with at the margins.
0: And, of course, this is an election year, and Congress does do things differently in those years than it does in non-election years, non-presidential election years. What is left now for this Congress, especially on the House side, that has done with its impeachment? The budgets aren't here yet. What else do you see on the early agenda for for this uh, part of 2020.
1: One of the things that leaders have said they'll pick up right away and we could see a vote this week as well is on legislation dealing with PFAS or forever chemicals as they're known. This is something that's used as non-stick elements in manufactured items and it's been traced to some health issues and drinking water contamination. So there's a push by a bipartisan group, but largely Democrats, um, who want to have further regulation of those chemicals. Now, this came up in the defense authorization debate at the end of last year. The House included a number of provisions there, but really scaled back what was in the final product to PFAS on military bases and also in firefighting foam. But a lot of the things that had initially been discussed were dropped from that debate and are instead being brought brought up in this package that um, we'll probably see a vote on this week on that. Um, From there, there are expiring programs and other things they'd like to do. There is a highway bill to tackle this year. We'll have to see how quickly they get to that. house democrats want to continue a push for drug pricing legislation and in fact the spending deal created a mini cliff for that in may when some provisions expire and the hope there is that they'll revisit those expiring provisions plus drug pricing plus surprise billing uh try and deal with some big health issues there so there's an agenda formed here we'll have to see how it rolls out over the next couple of months in terms of what they turn to and when
0: yeah with respect of those uh PFAS chemicals. That's a big military issue because it's used as a fire retardant and some of the bases have used it and exercises for firefighting. And I guess they're trying to replace that with different materials that don't have the qualities of those chemicals. So DOD might have a job to do when that's all done. And with respect to the drug pricing, that could be an FDA, NIH, Lots of health-related agencies, CMS.
1: Definitely. That will touch on a number of different agencies and also be of big interest to drug companies. And then when it comes to surprise billing, that's something that hospitals and insurers are very much involved in as well, trying to... Negotiate a, a settlement there that will will work best for them, and um, obviously consumer groups are hoping it'll favor them. But um, there was there seemed to be one bipartisan deal, bicameral deal that had emerged on that toward the end of the year. But um, there was a dispute among different chairmen of House committees. Um, Ways and Means and Energy and Commerce had some different views on that, which is one of the reasons it was um, not resolved before the end of the year, and that got kicked over as a 2020 item here.
0: Sure, and with respect to the rest of the agenda. With a major election in which everybody is highly invested, you might say, coming up in later in 2020, will that curtail the agenda pretty much, do you think, for for the calendar year?
1: Well, there are more breaks this year than we saw last year. So in July, there's a Democratic convention that they will take a week off for that. They'll have their normal August recess during which the Republican convention will be held. And then most of October and early November will be dark on Capitol Hill as members go and defend their seats or, you know, try to move up to the Senate in some cases. Um, And that will occupy a lot of their time. So a lot of the action will be front loaded uh, before that election period really begins. And then undoubtedly some sort of scramble at the end of the year in a lame duck session trying to wrap everything up.
0: Lauren Duggan is editorial director of Bloomberg Government. As always, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own, to always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com.